everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Be Move podcast. You've got Coach Sars here and I'm a strength coach um, who's been in the industry for over eight years now and I have come across some very amazing and very inspirational people along the way and that's the reason why I wanted to start this podcast is to showcase these people and their stories that they've gone through and their setbacks and the doors that have been slammed in their faces and how they've managed to achieve the goals that they've wanted to achieve even through you know really really some tough times so I'm hoping that in each episode that you get inspired you know to set your dreams and to set some goals for yourself and bloody go for them because these people inspire me day in day out and I'm 100% sure that they will inspire you too so Thank you for tuning in and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Welcome everyone to episode seven of Be Moved podcast. Today I've got the one and only Beige Bianca Jacobson. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Super stoked to be on. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Um, so obviously I've known this girl for, uh, just going over four years now. I've been a strength coach, uh, in the off seasons to her footy, um, and worked with her through, uh, CTS. And obviously she was number three pick in the first year of the AFLW, which is just absolutely incredible. Won multiple BNFs, premierships along the way. Um, and to be honest, this girl is just, uh, in my eyes, just a pinnacle of an elite sportswoman uh that someone is just such a good great great role model for young girls coming through any sport in particular so uh any tips that she's got along the way make sure you have a good listen to what she does and how she gets her mindset around everything so beach thank you again for coming on i really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me um so obviously let's just start from the start uh how did you get into footy yeah, so well, for me, I actually grew up in New South Wales So until the age of 10, so I really didn't know anything about football, to be honest. It was all rugby. I grew up playing netball, actually, um, and basketball as well and, and um, you know, swimming and athletics and things like that. So um, we moved down here when I, was, um, when I was 10 years of age. Mum passed away, unfortunately, when I, was, when I was younger, so Dad just sort of picked us all up and took us down to down to Vic and um, yeah I, I moved here and I didn't know anything about um, anything about AFL um, I absolutely idolized my brother growing up so he started playing footy and I was really keen really interested um, in playing that and I always kicked the footy in the backyard and um, yeah I sort of followed suit and started playing school footy I didn't actually I didn't even know that women's footy was around at that point actually so yeah I played school footy and one of the girls said hey you're actually, you're actually pretty good. You should come down and play. And I'm like, play? What do you mean? And she's like, yeah, we have a girl side in in, uh, in Narry South. And I'm like, oh, like, wow, I didn't even know it existed. So I, I literally didn't even train that week and I went down and played. Um, I went down and played footy on the Saturday and rocked up, got my jersey, got just got given number 35. Um, and, yeah, I just, I just played and I hadn't even trained. I hadn't even met the girls, but um, I absolutely fell in love with the game at that point and um yeah I sort of I sort of didn't look back and um yeah that was that was sort of how I started my footy career 
How'd you go your first game? How'd you play? <laughs> I actually played really well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I hate talking about myself, but yeah, actually, I played really well and um, everyone was really impressed and um, yeah, oh, I loved it. I just fell in love with it from, from day dot and um, yeah, I, I went back of course and trained with the girls next year and um, yeah, I played with uh, Missionary South throughout my whole junior career and um, yeah, that was about, I think, four or five years. I started playing when I was 12 and played all the way through to, to, um, to under 18s with, um, with Cranbourne. And, um, yeah, that was, that was sort of my junior career, how it started. Um, I did, yeah, I played Vic. Um, I played for Vic through from, I think it was about 14 years of age to, to under 18s. And, um, uh, yeah, like back then, that was that was sort of what we had. That was the elite pathway, and we didn't have you know TSE Cup and all that, all those things, things that um, you know uh, the girls get these days and the boys get as well. So um, yeah, uh, that's that's my junior career. I think. Um, yeah, one hundred percent. And you, as you were about to say, like um, you were kind of ahead of the the sport in a way of like in in the terms of like women in sport and, and especially in AFL and everything. So obviously when Beach is talking about her Vic side, like that's back in 2007. So there wasn't really much competition out there, you know, and stuff for you to have a good pathway and everything. Is that correct? Yeah. So there wasn't, uh, there wasn't a, a huge, you know, there wasn't a huge talent pool back then. I was, I wasn't as lucky as the girls are these you know, today to have TAC Cup and all that, all those sorts of things. But I did have, you know, I had Interleague, I had, I had Vic growing up, and and we had a women's academy as well, which was it was called the Essendon Football Academy. So they got together. I think it was the top forty female um, footballers in in Victoria to, um, I suppose, grow the game and and give us a sense of, you know. Um, I suppose that elite side of football, and it, you know, we were doing all that that stuff, but we didn't know we were going to get get a um, you know an AFL like a professional um, league up and running. So I was just doing that for for the love of it. But um, I, w- I was still pretty lucky because I didn't have to you know I didn't have to play with the boys and then leave and um, you know have a big break. I was really lucky that I got to play with the girls and get exposed to that really high level footy through, you know, playing for Victoria and um and playing interleague as well. I was I was I think I was really lucky. Yeah, amazing. So obviously, yeah, so going through those juniors, you know, up at Nari and stuff and then moving, like what was the transition from, you know, this is back in two thousand eleven, like going from the the juniors, having the girls youth sides and everything around, how was that transition going into to senior football for females? Because obviously, as you said, like it wasn't a big thing back in, you know, back a couple of years ago and everything. So how was that transition? Was there heaps of teams that you could go into or was just Cranbourne just one of the teams that you just picked? Yeah, so when I finished playing under-18s, um, Cranbourne at the time didn't actually have a, um, a premier division. They didn't have a premier side. So I went and played at Berwick, which was the, in the premier division back then. We were, as I said before, we're pretty lucky. We had, you know, Daisy Pierce, Karen Paxman, Mel Hickey, you know, players like that playing in that division at that time. Um, so I was really lucky. I was playing with some really, really good athletes and I really looked up to them. So to play in a division with them, um, 
yeah, it was, was something I really aspired to and, and something I really wanted to do. And I actually, I started playing a few senior games from the age of 15. So that was with Berwick as well. So I sort of got exposed to, um, to, to women's footy at a younger age, which I think was really good for me coming up because I came into the team and I felt really comfortable and, um, yeah, I'd been exposed to, to those bigger bodies and, and playing against those really good athletes, like I said before. So, um, I really enjoyed the transition. I, um, you know, like I said, I came, I came across to Berwick and I played in the Premier Division there for, I think it was two years. And, um, and then they unfortunately folded, um, I think two years in and, uh, Cranbourne was really lucky enough to pick up, uh, a Premier Division spot. So I went across and, and, um, and played back for Cranbourne. So that sort of, yeah, that was my little transition there. And, um, yeah, I loved loved heading up to, to women's footy and playing against the likes of, of Daisy Pierce and things like that. Yeah, so good. So obviously, yeah, you said um, at the age of 15 you were playing in the women's comp as well. Like how, how did you go, you know, being such a little little kid playing against like <laughs> grown women? Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, like I said, yeah. I, aspired, I aspired to be – to, you know, to play with those girls. I really looked up to them. I, absolutely, I always loved footy and all I wanted to do was play footy. I wanted to, you know, be the best I could be. And, yeah, um, it was, yeah, it was daunting playing when I was 15. I was very scared. I remember I remember my first game for for Berwick. All the girls were so welcoming. Um, and, yeah, I just, um, I, yeah, I, I held my own and, um yeah, I knew from that day this is what I want to keep doing, even though, you know, there wasn't that that professional level there. I I just wanted to be the best I could be. Yeah, so good. Um, obviously, yeah, that comp that you, at the time, going into playing for Berwick and stuff, like that was the, the top female comp, you know, going around back in 2012. Um, was there talk at that time? For AFL, was there talk like you know? Obviously, VFL was starting to go get into the mix of it. You know, more people are starting to play and stuff. But was there any you know sights set on AFL at that time? There was there was talk of it, but it, it I I don't know if we ever really believed it. I think yeah. Um, around that time, well, two thousand and thirteen was actually when they brought in the exhibition matches. So they were gonna you know they were gonna field two AFL teams, and you they were essentially you know doing a draft and you were going to pull on an AFL jumper and that's, you know, all ever, all ever um, we ever wanted to do as young girls. So, um, yeah, there was, there was talk and, you know, there was these exhibition matches, but, um, you know, to have a fully fledged competition felt so far away in, in my eyes and I know in, in most of the girls' eyes. So, um, yeah, to, to sort of get to where we are today and to have a fully fledged competition is um yeah it's it's still um it still baffles me that we've gotten to where we are but I um yeah I'm super proud and and um yeah just, just look back to to where we came from and um yeah it's uh it's just so so good to see and, and so inspiring to sort of see all the stories along the way of where all the girls have come from oh 100 as you said like only a couple of years ago you guys didn't even think that you'd have you know an AFL league as such you know let alone just after an exhibition match and everything so talk me through that exhibition match like obviously you got drafted to the demons for that um one game and stuff so how was the was there a draft in like in process in the lead up to it all like how did you get selected for that yeah so 
2013, I think we we went to the um to the MCG rooms and held a I suppose a draft, um, <clears throat> very different to the to the um to the draft in 2016. But yeah, we sort of had all the all the top touted draft picks in one room, and um yeah, they sort of just stood up the front and and read out your name. I remember Daisy Pierce was was the number one pick for for Melbourne, and then yeah, that is sort of just read through the names and pick one, pick two and and so on. And I think I was I think I was pick thirty three. Um I would have been I think I was eighteen or nineteen at the time. And yeah, I was I honestly didn't even expect to get drafted to be honest, because I was so young and all these girls that were getting drafted were, you know, so much older than me and they were girls that I really looked up to and, you know, never thought I could I could play with. Um so yeah, to get drafted that night was yeah, I was over the moon. It was, it was, yeah. I still, I, I still look back and I can't really believe that even happened, to be honest. But um, yeah, I was super stoked and I got drafted to the D's. And um, yeah, well, unfortunately, I, yeah, I didn't get to play that game. We'll go into that later. But um, I was injured. But yeah, nonetheless, I was um, just stoked to be a part of it. Stoked to be a part of history. It kind of sounds like. Um it's you going back to the schoolyard when you're selecting teams, you know, to play at lunchtime for footy or sport or whatever. It's like, I'll pick you, I'll pick you. Like it's very, um, it's grown a little bit, let's just say. It, it has. <laughs> it was pretty much like that. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so good. So obviously uh, that was a massive um, leap forward in the sport and obviously for you as well. So talk me through the rest of that year. So obviously you were p- training for um, – in the D's and stuff like that, um, you got selected again for the Vic Women's, um, not just the youth girls, obviously, um, and premiers for that. So, yeah, so talk me through that year. It was a big, I reckon, big change for you going forward, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was a huge change for me. So that year I was playing for for Berwick. I'd got drafted to the D's and, again, it was, yeah, we kind of just had a, a few training sessions here and there for, the, for, um, for Melbourne. It was very different back then. It's not like we got together as a team and, and trained for the weeks leading up. I think it was a couple of random training sessions. And amongst that, I was trying out for for Victoria. So, um, again, I honestly, yeah, didn't see myself getting selected. Um, Peter Searle was a coach at the time for um, Vic Women's, which is funnily enough the St Kilda coach now. Um, so I went out to um, – somewhere in the western suburbs it was um and trained every I think twice a week for about six to seven weeks the selection process was and um yeah ultimately I got selected for the Victorian side and uh we went to Cairns to play the state carnival it was a a week carnival so I think we played five games across the week um yeah I think it was five games so we um we yeah, we got up there. I got selected to play the first game. I was yeah, it was over the moon and um yeah, playing Queensland. Um, I was I was playing really well. I played really well in the first half and feeling really comfortable, you know, playing playing senior footy um, amongst some of you know the best um, women in Australia. And um, it was it was the third quarter and Pete had thrown me in the back line. I'd never really played in the back line so. I was like, oh shit, what do I do here? I've got to make a good impression. Um, just just got to stick to my player. And um, uh, I remember the ball got thrown up and I sort of went towards our forward 50 thinking we'd won it and um, we we um, ultimately lost it. And I was like, shit, I'm, I'm 10 metres behind here. I've got to get on my player. So 
she um she got the ball and I just went full pelt to try and get her and um I was sorry that's my dog Harry there <laughs> um running and <laughs> running and I uh, remember I planted my foot and I tried to grab her and my body twisted in all funny weird ways and I heard a really huge pop and a crack and I just remember rolling on the green on the ground um screaming and thinking what the hell have I done um and yeah uh originally they thought I had um I just dislocated my knee so um that was the first diagnosis so I thought okay um we're right here I've just I've just dislocated my knee because at the time um ACLs weren't really prevalent I didn't really have much knowledge of of ACLs at that point I'd never really heard of it to be honest so um and yeah and even the doctors were pretty confident it was just um it was just a, a dislocation so I knew that the Melbourne exhibition match was in two weeks so I thought oh I don't know if I'd get back in two weeks with the with a dislocated knee but um I had high hopes and um yeah I watched on for the rest of the week it was still a really great uh, really great uh week I learned so much from from all the girls up there and so much from Peter Sell. So um, I'm still incredibly grateful for the experience that I got up there, and even though I was injured, um, I think it was a really big turning point in my in my footy career, definitely. So, um, yeah. So from that, we um, we flew back into Melbourne and and um, thought I'd get some scans and see the results. And yeah, it came back that I had ruptured my ACL and I think had a bit of a fracture on my tibia as well. So I think that's where most of the pain came from when I was rolling around on the ground um screaming so yeah I um yeah I found that news and um yeah I was I was um understandably shattered that you know I knew I wasn't going to be playing in that first AFL match on on the G um with you know the the best women in Australia so yeah it was um it was incredibly hard to receive that news and um yeah I uh I sort of didn't really know where to go from there to be honest I um I didn't really know much about, like I said, ACLs or, or rehab or anything like that, and we didn't we didn't have you know the resources that we have now. We didn't have you know physios and and um, access to trainers and things like that. So um, yeah, I was I was a little bit lost as to to where I was going to go from there. Yeah, and you're so right. Um, ACLs back in the day, and not that it's a good thing that they're common now, but you know, <laughs> um, both in our sports, footy and netball, like they're unfortunately quite common and you've we've got the resources we know the length of time that people are out for you know what you have to do get the surgery get the rehab all of that kind of stuff everyone's kind of got their head around it but back then it was the unknown really like you know not many people had done them um and as you said like you just started you know got selected for Vic, got selected into the d's and stuff like that and footy for females was you know progressing forward and then this big setback for you so how was the um obviously you had surgery and you had rehab and all of that kind of stuff so obviously having a year off unfortunately um how is that were you still going to your matches and stuff for in Berwick and still getting around the girls and everything yeah yeah, so so back then I was um, I didn't have private health or anything, so it was a matter of oh, how am I going to get surgery done and get it done as soon as I can. So I was very lucky at the time. Um, I was playing for Berwick, and Sean Smith was the coach. Um, he used to play for the D's. He took the mark of the century back in the day. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know him, but yeah, I was really lucky that, that um, I had connections with him, and he knew a surgeon that 
um, worked in the private sector and also in the um, public health as well. So he pushed me up the list a little bit and I think I got surgery within probably five weeks, I think. But during that time, I actually did a couple of training sessions with Beric still without the ACL. So <laughs> that's just how much I wanted to keep training. I thought I thought back then, you know, I can't do any more damage. It's probably a bad thing now. But um, I thought, you know what, I don't have an ACL and I feel okay. So I'll just go and have a bit of a kick and a bit of a run. I did give away at times, but yeah, so kept training a little bit. Um, I got the surgery and um, yeah, I uh, I think, like I said, I didn't have much access to, to physios and, and stuff back then. So I got the surgery and I think I only had one or two sessions with the physio um, and then I really just self-rehab um, myself. I, uh, I remember I went and did the 1,000 steps four weeks post-op. I was... I was just mad. I was crazy. I was like, I just want to get back to, to exercise. I just want to work out. Um, I think I was at the gym two days post-op, the fat, swollen leg. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to, get better and, to get better and ultimately get back to, you know, playing, playing AFL because I saw, you know, I had to sit and watch, um, you know, the game at the MCG and, um, I, I guess watch women's footy, you know, grow right before my eyes and not be be able to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, so I rehabbed that year. I think it because it happened in July. I got the surgery in August, so I obviously had the rest of that year off. And um, yeah, I just rehabbed myself. And I think I, I went to play. Um, I think it was about ten months post op. I, I went to play a game, so it was a little bit early. Um, I think I, yeah, I played one or two games and I thought, oh, this doesn't feel right. I remember I got a bit of a, a bit of a hip and shoulder and my knee sort of buckled a little bit. I'm like, nah, this, this is a bit too early. As I said, I was self-rehabbing, so I didn't really have, <laughs> met, uh, like good direction from anyone really. Um, so yeah, I, um, I made the decision to, uh, not play anymore and I just kept rehabbing. And I think I ended up sitting out of the game for about 20 or 22 months. So um, and I think it was the best thing for me looking back now just to have, you know, that extra time to, to rehab and get my body right and, um, yeah, understand, understand my body a bit better and, and come back and, and be confident because, you know, at that time and, um, you know, over those months I was really lacking that confidence and I sort of didn't know if I could, if I could ever get back to playing footy. I really didn't know if I could get back to that level and I had so much self-doubt and, you know, so many so many things in my head saying, you know, you can't do it, um, you know, you'll never get back to where you were. So but I remember I was, I was, um, it was in my rehab, I was walking, I think it was, I was walking past Crown or something and um, the women's, the second exhibition match was on TV, it was on Channel 7. And everyone was sort of huddled around the the TV and watching and thinking, wow, you know, women's footy is so cool and, I remember like I wasn't even watching it. I just glanced at it and I was like, oh, like I was really jealous. And I was like, I want that to, I want to be, you know, I want to be a part of that. I want that to be me. And I remember, I think from, from that point onwards, I was, I was just determined to, you know, to get back and to be the best I could be because I wanted, I wanted that to be me. So I think that was a really big, big turning point for me to get back. Cause like I said, I had 20 or 22 months off. So it was it was a long time and I think I did drag it out a little bit because I didn't think I wanted to get back. I, I didn't yeah, I didn't know if I was gonna play it going to play again. So um yeah, seeing that match on TV was a huge turning point for me. Yeah, and um 
people that obviously haven't had major injuries before, they don't realise that it's not just physically, like, um, you know, demanding on the body and everything like that. It's such a mental aspect to it and everything, you know, like as you said, like being confident in yourself and your ability to be playing again. Um, you know, you had to sit and watch multiple exhibition matches, you know, while you're sitting on the sideline and everything. Like so that aspect as well, like are you going to make it? Am I going to get back in the team? And, you know, that starts to come into play as well. So it's, yeah, for anyone that hasn't had a major injury, it's so much more than just get the surgery and get back on the running track really, really, isn't it? You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. It's definitely more mental. Yeah. Um, But you came back, you got back to footy, which was great. So, you know, obviously going a year, you know, a, a bit over a year off, you know, you went back to Cranbourne um for the girls footy and stuff like that so yeah so talk me through you know your first game back and getting back with those girls yeah so I came back I think it was I think it was 2015 yeah I thought you know I came back to Cranbourne they were I think in division one at that point and I thought I just want to play at you know local level I want to get my confidence back um and yeah so so I went back to Cranbourne and I played that that year and I did exactly that you know I, I got my confidence back um it, yeah, it was Division One, so it was a, a little bit of a lower level, but it's just what I needed. I think um, coming back from a major injury, you've you know you've got those those things in the back of your mind telling you you can't, or telling you you know if I if I step this way, I'm gonna get injured again, and and things like that. So um, I just wanted to to be confident again and be confident in you know you know moving my body the way that I used to before. So. Um, yeah, I, I can't even really remember my first game, to be honest. Well, the first game back because the initial first game was beforehand at 10 months. So that's the one I remember. But, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I came back and played that year and uh, we won a premiership that year by one point it was, I think, against Knox. So, yeah, um, yeah and, uh, yeah. Was, and you did not too bad that year, I, I <laughs> guess, you know, just a runners-up BNF first year back after an ACL. I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, honestly, it was it was just good to be back and it was just good yeah. to be in team sport again. You miss that you miss that so much and I'm I'm just a super competitive person and I just yeah, I just love, you know, the the team environment and, and being amongst the group and I love winning. Uh, I hate losing. <laughs> I really hate losing. Um, I'm usually really down in the dumps for a good couple of days after I lose. So um, just to be back winning um, with, you know, a group of your best mates was ultimately, yeah, it, it was a major success for me um, for, for me that year. And to play a little bit of good footy on the top of it and get some confidence back was um, just some icing on the cake really. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like finishing that year off after so much time off with your rehab and stuff, AFL women's getting bigger and bigger again. You know, they they were meant to have the draft in. Um, I was talking to Georgia uh, the other day. They were meant to have the draft back in two thousand. You know, this year two thousand and twenty, and they brought it three years forward, which is you know insane and so exciting for you guys and stuff. Um, with how big the sport was getting, because at that point. You know, now we're talking about going into 2016. It was getting, you know, pretty big. Like I was saying the other day, we were losing a lot of netballers across to footy and stuff like that. Like, um, so yeah, so talk us through what was happening in that off season going to 2016. It was just getting 
mm. bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was getting really, really big at 2016 in that point. So um, I knew that's what I wanted to do. There was so much talk of a professional league and I thought, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, and so I went into 2016, obviously started training with you. Um, <laughs> I was, um, yeah, I was really serious about taking my game to the next level and, and being the best I could be. So obviously started training with you, wanted to get really strong. Um, and then I think it was, it was, um, it was the start of 2016. I, um, I got asked to play for, for the doggies in an exhibition match against Melbourne. Um, so that happened in March. And um, I was, yeah, I was coached by Damien Keeping at the time, who ultimately was my coach at, at Carlton and then my coach at Casey Demons. I, yeah, created a, a really good relationship with him. And I feel like he really threw me a lifeline. He, um, you know, he had so much faith in me when I didn't really have much faith in myself coming back from, from the knee and I suppose being new to, to the to women's footy to the women's footy environment in a sense because I'd been out for so long so um yeah he um he showed faith in me and uh selected me for the first match in in March against Melbourne and then again in um I think it was June or July we played against um the WA side at Eddie had <clears throat> so um yeah it was really taking off I think that game was on Channel Seven or something like that. So women's footy was really, you know, in the it was huge. Of I remember time. watching it. Yeah, yeah. I was what I was at. Um, I was down at Rye at the footy club with all the boys. Um, and we all had trained and we put the TV on. And I remember, and I was like, put the TV on. My my clients training. Um, playing. Uh. And it was exciting and all the boys were just like, holy shit, like, yeah. oh, just wolves. Um, you know, she was so good and, yeah, they, they loved it. It was it was massive. Yeah, Channel 7, it was, yeah, it was yeah. insane. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was so big back then. Um, so, yeah, so I played in that and um, I think uh, earlier in the year it had been announced that there was going to be a fully-fledged AFLW competition. Um, Gil McLaughlin announced I think it was the eight teams so um yeah so we all knew that was coming and and um and the draft was at the end of the year so um so yeah I played those two matches and I set myself up really well I had a I had probably one of the best years looking back I still think it's the best year that I've had of footy yet in 2016 whether it was playing at Cranbourne or playing for the doggies um so yeah so um yeah I think I set myself up really well I um I, I didn't know where I was going to end up. I didn't know what team I was going to end up being drafted to. I'd had many talks to, to various different clubs. Um, and I know I really wanted to be at Carlton because I did barrack for Carlton. I did grow up barracking for Carlton. So um, as you do, the, the club you barrack for, you want to play for. So I didn't think there was a chance in hell I was going to end up for Carlton, to be honest, because um, they did have the, the first pick in Victoria, um, keeping in mind they'd already – signed um their marquee players so they'd already signed um I think two or three players to the club already so um yeah I didn't think I was going to end up there and um Damien Damo uh the coach at the time and his assistant coach and I think their list manager said they wanted to meet me for coffee and I thought okay it's just the catch-up I honestly didn't think think anything of it and um yeah I think a few seconds into the conversation they sat me down and said hey you're going to be our number one draft pick and I just burst into tears. Um, yeah, I just, I was so emotional. I was just so happy um, that, you know, I was 
this is the dream. This is, you know, what I'd wanted since I was a young girl, since I moved down to Victoria and chose Carpenter Barrack for and, you know, kicked the footy in the backyard with my brother, um, imagining I was on the MTG. And, you know, this is it's just sort of all, yeah, it was all um, just got really emotional and couldn't believe it really. So, yeah, that's so that's how the, the news got broken to me. That um that I was going to play for Carlton and I think it was it was a week um before the draft so I had to keep that secret very quiet it was very hard. <laughs> um, it was very could you hard. tell? Could you tell your dad? Yeah, I told my family. Yeah, I told oh, my good. family because I thought you yeah, know yeah. secret secret safe with them. Um, yeah, so I let them know, but I couldn't I couldn't let anybody else know. So it was uh, the hardest secret to keep in my life for that whole week, and I was just yeah, I, as you can imagine, I was so excited leading into it because I <clears throat> I knew I was going to end up with Carlton. So, um, yeah, very sad, hard secret to keep it. Uh, super stoked. Yeah. Um, as you said, you really set yourself up. Like you got um, selected as pick 33 for the Vic side, you know, a couple of years before and stuff. And to now get the first draft pick for Carlton, like, you know, you, you really set yourself up. You had a massive year that year. Um, I remember how hard you were working, running and, um, you know, training in the gym with me. It was just um, you were an absolute machine is probably an <laughs> understatement. But, yeah, it was amazing. So, obviously, like that year as well, you applied um, for the police force as well. So, you know, you were setting yourself up for, you know, your career and stuff and obviously you had to defer that. How was um, that? process was that a hard process at that time or yeah so um yeah so I so I applied I uh I sat my exam I sat the Vic Pol exam um and yeah I passed all that and um and then AFLW came about so I didn't want to compromise you know footy this is what I've been waiting so long for this is what I dreamt of and I didn't want to be able to you know not put in 100% to to both so um, yeah, I ultimately I, I withdrew my application and I thought, you know, it's just a wait and see. Like, you know, Vic Pol's not going anywhere. I know that that's what I want to do for my career, but I want to give <clears throat> AFLW a red-hot crack um, and, and just see where that goes. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, I withdrew that and and, um, and went with footy and definitely, definitely happy I, I went that way because in hindsight I, I was – still pretty young I was I think I was 23 at the time so to even just get that life experience before I, I applied again for the police force was um yeah in, in hindsight a, a really good thing and and has held me in really good stead to be able to get to where I ultimately wanted to today so talk me through the AFLW draft day <laughs> how are the oh. nerves the nerves. Oh, I can just remember. I remember waking up. So obviously, you've 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 had this for a week now. You, you mm. know, you're not telling anyone for a week. Um, you know, it got tell it like you know it was on TV and and everything. Yep. And you know, the first ever AFLW you know draft. Like it was massive. Like everyone yep. was talking about it. Uh, it was just insane. And you've got this little secret in your back pocket and not being able to tell, mm. tell anyone so how was it you know leading up to it yeah it was a whirlwind of emotions to be honest so yeah I woke up super early I was so nervous I could not eat anything I couldn't drink anything I usually love my coffee I remember I couldn't have a coffee that morning I was just super nervous and um I remember my sister took me to the draft because obviously she knew 
um, yeah, I told her and um, she, yeah, she's always been my biggest support. Um, obviously with mum passing when I was younger. So she was, yeah, she was there on draft day and um, yeah, I remember arriving and sitting down and yeah, holding in that secret, knowing that I was going to be picked for Carlton and, um, and, and yeah, then they, they called it out and um, I went up on stage and, you know, there's media and there's all these things I'd never been exposed to before. And uh, growing up, I was quite, quite a shy kid. So um, to, you know, have the cameras in your face and microphones and getting interviewed and on stage, um, it was just, yeah, it was really surreal. It was like, oh, my God, you know, I can't, I really can't believe, you know, this is actually happening happening for women um, in AFL, you know, for so long. I, it, it just been all we'd ever dreamed of and we just played it for the love of it, not to, to get to, you know, to get drafted. So, um, yeah, I remember my phone was just going crazy. It was it was honestly a blur of a day. Everyone was messaging me, you know, congratulating me, and um, and uh, yeah, it was it was just a really crazy day. And uh, lucky you were number three, and you didn't have to sit there <laughs> waiting all day. Like lucky you kind of knew, because otherwise, I don't think you would have lasted the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think I would have either. <laughs> I was very lucky. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, so how did you go with all that media stuff, you know, like they don't really give you a heads up, they don't teach you anything. Like now, like obviously with how big AFLW is in getting in, you know, footy and all of that kind of stuff, they do give you some media help and support and everything. But how is that, you know, getting all of that in your face and trying to say the right things? And Yeah, it was, um, it was hard, yeah, because as you said, you know, they didn't give us any training. We're kind of just thrust into the limelight and all of a sudden, you know, we're in newspapers, we're on, we're on TV, we're, we're um, you know, on club websites and videos and things like that. So, yeah, it was, it was really weird. I was kind of just embracing it and just taking it for what it was and I suppose just trying to be myself and, um, yeah, obviously stuffed up things at times because, uh, you know, lack of media training, but um yeah, with and um, yeah, I just embraced it. I just took it for what it was, and I was, you know, as on a high. So um, I was just excited. So I was, I was keen to be honest, just to to speak to media and just to speak to anyone because I was just so elated that you know this draft day was actually happening, and we were, you know, wearing AFL club polos and representing AFL clubs. It was, yeah, it was just a really super exciting day, and. The media was was just a part of it, I think. Yeah, um, I'm all for women in sport and growing whatever sport it is and all of that kind of stuff. And you know, getting your dreams and your goals that you want to achieve from a, such a little kid and stuff. How did you go? There was obviously a lot of backlash, um, you know, with the AFLW and stuff like that, saying you guys weren't good enough. Um, you know, there wasn't enough good talent for the amount of teams that there was and stuff like that. There was obviously a lot of negative talk as well. So how did you go um, with dealing with all of that? Like it was it was out there and about and people were, you know, having a good crack at people. So, yeah, how did you deal with it all? Yeah, it was really it was really big, the backlash. I I usually – the type of person I am is I, I try not to buy into it. I really don't, don't look at the comments because um, I know if I do, I get really frustrated and I want to, you know – get on the front foot and um, be the first to defend anyone. So, um, yeah, I honestly tried not to buy into it. It, it was difficult because, you know, there was a lot of talk about the way we were playing, you know, and people were comparing our game to the men's and 
you know, we're vastly different to the men's. We're always going to be different there, you know, completely different genetically to us. Um, so to expect the same product, I think, um, yeah, it just it just wasn't going to happen. And you know, it's in its infancy, and we you know we need time to grow. And um, I think it's getting a lot better now. You know, people understand that you know women are women and men are men, and AFLW is different to AFL. And, um, you know, they're going to see a different product. So I think it is getting better today, but, um, you know, there's still, there's still some backlash. Obviously, you know, you saw the, thing, saw the, um, the backlash with things like Taylor Harris last year with, with her photograph and, and things like that. So it's still happening. Um, there's still people saying, you know, saying things online and on, and on um, media as well. But, um, yeah, I, I just try and block out all the noise and I, I think, yeah, I understand that, that women's footy is different and, you know, we're, we're growing the game. And um, I, I understand um, myself that, you know, there's a long way to go with with women's footy and, um, you know, I, I can only think in 10, 15 years' time there's going to be girls playing AFLW that have played since Auskick and they've had the exact same pathway as the men's. So it's going to be such a different product in, in that time. So um, I think, yeah. People just got to stick fat and 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 understand that, you know, um, we're growing the game and um, it's it's a different product to the men's. Yeah, um, you hit the nail on the head there, like saying, like you can't compare it to the men's football. Genetically wise, we're built so much different. We can't run as fast. We can't jump as mm-hmm. high. Um, it's not going to be as you would say, as exciting as mm. the men's, you know, we're not, you're not going to, you're gonna, still going to take speckies, but you're not going to be 10 feet off the ground, you know. So um, as you said as well, like you, you guys have just started out um, at that point as well. Like in five years time, you, as you said, you're going to have girls that have been playing it since they were five years old, you know, so um, like yourself. So it's going places and I agree, like there was a lot of backlash and, it, and it's hard not to buy in um, to it and have a, have a crack is. at people um, mm. and everything. But, yeah, it's definitely on the up and it's, you know, already in three years' time it's already improved dramatically in my eyes and stuff like that. And the amount of people that are watching it has grown through the roof, which is great. So obviously, yeah, so first year going into Carlton, how was, you know, you started training there at the end of 2016 after the draft, really, pretty much straight away or? Yeah, um, pretty much straight away. Yeah, I got drafted in October, mm. I think it was, and then we started in in November, yeah. So it was very much straight away, yeah. Yeah. Um, how was the, you know, transition going from just, you know, being at playing, you know, you were playing Cranbourne, VFL. Um, how was the transition to preseason? A lot harder? Mm. Um you know, going yep. to that next level that you'd call elite um, yeah. level. Yep. Yeah. How, talk me through it. Yeah, it was, um, I think, yeah, we, we really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, it was, it was, there was so much talk about this AFL competition and then finally, you know, we're starting training. <clears throat> I remember our first training session, we had an open training session and um, a, a fair few people rocked up and a lot of the girls were nervous. I was nervous myself. Um, definitely stuffed up a few kicks. I would usually normally hit the target on, but um, yeah, we sort of just had a bit of an easy session to ease us into it, and I suppose get the fans along to see, you know, women training on Icon Park, which um, they haven't ever had. So um, <clears throat> yeah, there was that, and um, yeah, and then we got stuck into preseason. It was, I think, it was a lot harder than than girls expected. It's um, you know really demanding. You're um, 
you know, I think we, we would start training, get into the club at around 4 o'clock and would leave sometimes at, you know, 10, 10.30 at night and, and we're doing that two or three times a week and then training on a Saturday, um, you know, from 7 till, till about 1. So it was really demanding and obviously, you know, AFLW is part-time and, and most of the girls work still. So to um to be doing that and, and working was, um yeah, it was really hard on the body and it was a transition, a big transition for a lot of the girls to to get used to um you know that that level um and that eliteness so it it was a huge step up definitely from Cranbourne it wasn't you know uh get there and you know have a bit of a kick around with your mates and do it do a few drills I remember when I was training at Cranbourne I'd I'd get there and I'd run 10 or so laps before training because you could do that but there was definitely no way you could do that at um at AFL level so um yeah and uh you know we had conditioning and gym and all that sort of stuff incorporated team meetings you know things we hadn't really been exposed to before as I said you know Cranbourne you would you just go and train and that's it there was no there was no real conditioning or weights or meetings and um you know tactics and and all that sort of stuff so um yeah it was it was um a big step up but it was uh yeah I I loved it it was um yeah it was uh yeah, really exciting and, yeah, a, a huge step up. But um, nonetheless, I think, um, yeah, needed to, needed to happen for, for um, to grow the game. Yeah, 100%. And as you said, like, um, you're, you're training in the facilities at Carlton and everything that the AFL boys are using and stuff. Like, were you, were you guys integrated with them? Like, how, how is that um, connection between the boys' side and your side? Mm. Yeah, so at Carlton, we, we actually had our own space. So they built a women's space down under on the, on the other side of Icon Park. So we, we had our own gym, we had our own locker rooms, we had our own ice bars and meeting rooms and stuff like that. In a sense, it was really great to have our own space and, and um, walk in and have these, you know, really, really great facilities and things that we'd never had before. But also in another sense, it was there was a bit of a disconnect with the men's and, and the women's club um it's um yeah it's uh yeah just created a bit of a, a different culture because we weren't you know we weren't seeing the boys when we we're training you know there was no real um crossing paths with them <clears throat> um so so yeah there was a bit of a disconnect but it, like I said it was great to have those facilities just for the girls and um you know, things that we'd never um never had before so yeah yeah, and it's a as you said, it's a brand new relationship and stuff like that. The boys have never had to really share their you know jersey with you know anyone else and stuff. So it's a it's a um, a new relationship, but it's definitely evolved and it's gotten a lot better, um, which is great. But round one debut against Collingwood got the call up. Obviously, taught me through taught me through running out and and playing for round one. Yeah. Um- I'll never forget that. Uh, yeah, it was on a Friday. Again, super yep. nervous, super nervous all day. Um, yeah, so Friday night game, huge, you know, going to be on Channel 7. We didn't really know what to expect. So they were touting that it was going to be, a, you know, full to full capacity and we're like, nah, you know, that's not going to happen. Not many people show up, maybe five, ten thousand. 10,000, um, you know, yeah. Then we, we run out to warm up. And we're like, geez, you know, the, the, the crowd's really piling in. Half that stand's full. What's going on? So many people coming in. 
and then we go back inside for our meetings and things like that and come out for our second warm-up which is right before the bounce and and it's full and um you know we're standing there uh singing the national anthem just looking around and you know it's 25 27,000 um 27,000 people there and you're kind of just in awe and thinking you know how is this real um I remember just feeling the goosebumps on the back of my neck um singing the national anthem and looking around at the crowd and then this for the siren to go um and then the crowd was just was just going off it was yeah you couldn't hear anyone out there we'd we'd never been exposed to anything like this um you know a few thousand people let alone 27,000 people so you yeah you were out there you couldn't hear anyone you had to scream to be able to hear anyone it was just yeah I was just full of excitement um so nervous took me a couple of touches to actually find my feet and and, uh sort of I suppose block the the crowd out because um it was so hard not to block out because we'd never we'd never experienced anything like that before yeah and it's um like you know the lead up it's not just a day or a week you know this has been a couple of years in the making this lead up and everything like that so it's a big um it's a big on the nerves and stuff what, what were your thoughts in your head like so when I go out onto the netball court I'm just like just get the first pass like you know get to the first pass to another opponent of mine you know what are your thoughts like is it just get your hands on the footy is mm. it that lay that first tackle like what's kind of going through your head yeah, I think yeah, similar similar to you. I think it's just just get my hands on the footy, um, and then I kind of settle my nerves. And I think yeah, it just meant so much to me, and I knew it meant so much to a lot of people. So I think that was the added um, pressure as well. But yeah, I was just going through the game in my head as you do, which probably isn't a good thing to do for a game. But it's just um, yeah, just just try and get my hands on the footy, and then settle after that. And um, I suppose just just have intent um, from the first bounce. Because when you yeah. yeah when you lay a good tackle or something like that you you can settle the nerves and you think okay all right I'm good here I'm I'm just playing footy just strip it back to to juniors and um, that's another way I was trying to go about it just think of it as a game of footy playing at Casey Fields in under 18s or whatever it was and um, yeah just try and remember it's a, it's just another game of footy really yeah so true do you have any pre-game rituals. I used to be really pedantic with just trying to measure up and you know, just do everything the same. Um, but I, I'm a lot better now. Um, I would always have to have, you know, the same food, the exact same food, same coffee, like put on my right boot for my left boot. I have to wear the exact same skins, you know, game day undies, the lot, you know. But um, I'm pretty good now because if one of those things fall down, then, you know, that just messes with that messes with your head, as you know. So. I'm yeah. pretty pretty relaxed now with my game day routine, but I used to be very pedantic about it, a bit almost borderline OCD. So um, I've relaxed on that now. I have my pregame meal, which I'll always have, but, um, you know, whatever I wear, whatever I do leading up to the game, it, it varies. So it's just a bit um, much better for me mentally going into the game. I feel like I can prepare a lot better and um, play play with a lot more freedom. Yeah, so good. Um, same game day undies. I hope you were changing them out every year, mate. That is no, nasty. not at all. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you go stick them before the season. You're like, all right, these are the ones that are going to be 
The undies for the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> not wash. Not kidding. <laughs> oh my god, so gross. Um, <laughs> so obviously that year, first year of the AFLW, uh, it wasn't a big season for you guys. You know, there was only a couple of rounds and then finals and everything. So, um, you're still, you know, with Cranbourne at that time in the VFLW as well. So talk me through. You missed obviously their preseason. Um. And did you miss any games for them? Did it overlap at all? or? Yeah, so um, our season finished, I think it was March, and um, Cranbourne started in May. So I didn't miss any games, um, but I did miss miss the preseason. And um, I think that made a huge difference, you know, missing the preseason. You, you would just come from AFL into – or VFL it would have been at that time. I think we started – yeah, Cranbourne started VFL in that year. So, um, yeah, you kind of felt like – you were coming back and you were intruding almost because, you know, these girls have been training there since November and, you know, although we've been playing AFL, they've been working just as hard as us um, on the track to get their opportunity. So, um, yeah, I was pretty hesitant to go back and I really didn't want to step on anyone's toes and I wanted, you know, those girls to have the opportunity to play VFL and and grow their game as well. So um, I think I did sit out a few games at the start um, just just find my feet a bit there and and uh, I suppose train with the group and I suppose earn my spot there as well. So, um, yeah, I, I played um, back with Cranbourne that year. I remember I, did, I didn't have a great year that year. I was I think I was I was yeah I was pretty disappointed with my footy at that that point because um, I'd had talks to talks with Melbourne um, to obviously move over and. Um, yeah, that was. I think that was a, that was a huge transition for me. Um, you know, because I I didn't really want to leave Carlton. It wasn't you know it wasn't spoken about. It wasn't ever you know at the forefront of my mind to to move clubs. But um, I think it was the Taylor Harris trade was happening at that point. So um, I was kind of on the outer a little bit because I, I did play forward at that time, and and um, obviously her coming across being a forward, I didn't really feel. Like I could probably play my best footy there with, um, you know, all that going on. And, yeah, so I sat down with Melbourne and, uh, you know, spoke to them and it was it was just everything I wanted to be a part of, their culture, you know, their club and how they saw me as a footballer. Um, yeah, I was really surprised and really impressed by, you know, the way they presented. And, yeah, I knew that that was something I wanted to be a part of. So, yeah, ultimately made the decision to uh, to move across to the D's, and yeah, that really weighed on me. Um, it just, yeah, it just really affected me, and I was I was playing some yeah pretty poor footy at the time um, back in Cranbourne, and yeah, I just wasn't playing with any freedom. I wasn't having fun, and I think that's really important when you're playing sport is to have fun, and and that's when you play that's when you play good footy. Um, so yeah, so, um, I was just in a really negative headspace and just thinking, you know, I almost felt like I had to prove myself cause I was, I was playing for another club and felt like I had to play really good footy. So it was, it was just a cycle of, you know, I didn't play that great, but maybe I'll play good next week. So I just kept playing and playing. Um, and, and I was injured at the time as well. I had a bit of a hip flexor, issue I think I had a bit of a like a, a grade one tear um somewhere in there at that point so um I was 
pushing through that for probably a good four weeks just in hope that I could find some form and and be happy with footy again but yeah I sort of didn't get there and took a break and um just refreshed a little bit you know um did some rehab and came back in in a much better headspace I think it was it was what I needed I just needed a a bit of a break because I'd come you know straight from AFLW to VFLW and just the move to Melbourne and then trying to prove myself and um being a part of a new club it was just yeah I was just just um just caught up in just a bit of a, a negative cycle so I think that's exactly what I needed that bit of time off and I came back and played I think three or four games towards the end of the year and played some really good footy um you know uh, I was having fun um and that was the most important thing I was um I'd found that passion again and that love for footy so that's exactly what I needed and and um and finishing finishing the year like that to play some good footy and um be in a good headspace was was um was yeah really what I needed leading into the preseason with Melbourne that year. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying about stuff outside, like how it affects you, and um, and and just that can make you lose the love for the sport and everything like that. You really got to love it to be playing your best and be at your best. I reckon. Um, so yeah, so obviously that was probably a good change for you. Um. Not at the time, you probably didn't think, but definitely at the end of the year, obviously. Um, so, yeah, so how was that transitioning uh, going into Melbourne for that next year? So going into for the 2018 season? Yeah, so we started doing some what they called optional training sessions back then pretty early on, um, on Monday. So I'd started training with them pretty early on and walking into the club, and meeting everyone, I was, I just knew I'd made the right decision. I felt, you know, immediately comfortable. It was, it was just a really, really good culture. It was like a family. Um, and I'm huge on culture and the people and people that you play with and the, and the club makes it, I think. So, um, yeah, I uh, started training with them and official preseason started in November and I was in a much better headspace. As I said before, I'd, I'd played some good footy leading into it, so um, I felt confident and comfortable uh, with with the group. And um, it, it was it was very different to Carlton in the sense that you know there was a there was a really big connection between the men's and the women's um, team, and even you know the staff across the men's to the women's team as well. They were really involved um, <clears throat> and actively. Um, you know, in, involved in, in all the decision-making for the women's side as well. So, um, yeah, I was just – I just knew I'd made the right decision. Um, and, yeah, I had that pre-season with Melbourne and um, uh, I'd actually did the pre-season – well, the start of the pre-season as a forward and the coach at the time, Mick Stinius or something in me um, – as a backman, so he sent me back sort of mid preseason, I think it was. That that did throw me out a little bit, but um, the back group was was really close in that group, and they just just welcomed me um, straight away. So I felt really comfortable instantly, and um, found that I, I actually really got to use a lot more of my strengths down there. You know, marking and reading the play and things like that. So I wasn't so reliant on you know the ball movement coming forward to get the footy it was more you know I just had to worry about my player and and read the play off that so 
I found I was actually playing better footy leading into the 2018 season and um, and yeah the coaches there had so much faith in me they put they put so much work into you at the days and and um, you know all the extra craft sessions that they do that down there is um, yeah it was really helpful and um, yeah I went into to the 2018 season feeling really really confident and yeah I did have I had a good season that year um, towards the the back end of the season I, I've was a bit disappointed. I did fall away with the way I um I defended, and I, d- I, I knew that um you know um finishing the season I was I was a little bit disappointed. I think because we we did play the doggies to get into the grand final, so it was all any of us had ever wanted was to make a grand final and win a premiership. So um, <clears throat> we yeah we had that I guess you could call prelim back then. With, with the doggies and I remember it was, there was 90 seconds to go and we were I think four points up and I, I remember thinking in my head oh you know we've won it um we're, we're going into a grand final we're going to have grand final week it's it's all we've ever wanted and um Western Bulldogs had a throw in about 70 meters from their goal and it was a howling win that night um they almost actually cancelled the game because they had they bring in lights for the games at Witten Oval and they were swaying so much that they almost thought it was unsafe. So unfortunately they didn't call the game off. But, um, yeah, so the, the boundary umpire threw the ball in and it went about 10 to 15 metres left of the Ruckmans towards the doggies' um, goal and they didn't call the ball back, which I was very frustrated about. So we were kind of – we were all out of whack with our structure a little bit and it just fell over the back and went into their 50 and one of their forwards got a hold of it. And I remember I was I was 10 metres away. I was, there was no way I was going to smother it, but I just made an absolute desperate lunge to try and smother it. And uh, and the ball went through and I just remember sitting on the ground and thinking, oh, my God, we've, yeah, we've lost this. And there was probably only 20 or 30 seconds left to go maybe. So, um, yeah, I'll never forget that feeling. At the time I tried to do the desperate lunge, I completely bent my finger back and ruptured the MPC joint, which is it's your ligaments your, in your knuckle for your index finger. So I completely ruined my hand. Um, but I was, yeah, and amongst all that, that happened. I was super upset. The siren went not long after and, yeah, we all just, we were we were devastated and, and being touted as one of, you know, one of the top teams to – to win the premiership that season and to just fall short and, you know, we rightfully so felt deserving and felt like we deserved to be there. But, um, yeah, ultimately it didn't happen for us and it was it was devastating. Yeah, it's a hard one to swallow. Um, bullshit umpiring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll never let that go. What can, <laughs> yeah, what can you do? Um, yeah, so obviously not the end of the season that you wanted and everything like that, but still a good year for you footy-wise and stuff like that. And you you stayed at Melbourne. Um, they they recontracted you for another year, which was great. Um, so, yeah, how is that staying? Like did you feel confident going into that next, that following season, you know, being at the same club, um, you know, having the same girls around you and all of that kind of stuff? And now you've been in the AFL in that system for th- going into your third year and everything so feeling a bit more confident and everything 
Yeah, yeah, it was really good to be amongst the same group. It's, it's. Um, I think it's huge when you can build relationships and you know feel comfortable within a group over a period of time. So not having that shift, like I did from Carlton to Melbourne, was was huge. I got to stay with the same group and go back and play VFL footy for what was Casey Demons at the time. So that that year, yeah, that year they brought in all the affiliations with with all the clubs. You know, Western Bulldogs had Western Bulldogs, and Melbourne had Melbourne, and and so on. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so I was I was really lucky in that sense to still play with the same group of girls. Um, I did have a fair bit of time off before the VFL because, well, as I said before, I ruptured the MPC in my in my index finger. So it took I think about eight or nine weeks to heal. So that that did set me back. Um, that's been back a lot and as I said before I felt like I didn't have a really good season towards the end my last two games well the second last game I, I had a quad injury so I didn't play that and then leading into the doggies game I felt like um, yeah I was really I'm really hard on myself I'm probably my harshest critic but I felt like I didn't defend well and um, yeah I just wasn't really happy with how I finished the season so to be injured and then not be able to rectify that and play straight away and play good footy was was um, was really hard. So um, I think I came back in round nine of the VFL season against the doggies ultimately, um, which is was pretty ironic. But um, I remember I had an absolute shocking game, <laughs> a real stinker, and and I thought I remember I was coming home and I'm just I was so upset and we'd lost. And um, as I said, I hate losing. And then yeah, I was another sort of lull in my career where I felt like I wasn't good enough and I, I remember thinking god am I you know should I keep playing there's just that's how negative I was at that point I just felt really down on myself and I felt like I couldn't yeah I just felt like I couldn't get out of it and um I remember yeah it took me a couple of days and I got over it a little bit and I was okay got over my little sook but um, I just I remember watching footage back of my clips and the team's clips and thinking, you know, how can we get better? What can I do? And I just, yeah, I went into that next week's game with just having one thing in mind and that was just to play with intent. Just go hard at it and everything will, will fall off the back of that. So I think that's really big, especially in a contact sport. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so I went out and did that and I was – I was having fun, you know, I was happy. I, I was playing really good footy again and I continued that for the whole year. There wasn't, I was, yeah, there wasn't a game sort of where I wavered. It was just, um, it just came down to bringing that intensity every single week and I knew that, you know, the skills or whatever, the team play would fall off the back of that. Do you find when you re-watch the footage and everything like that and analyse your game and uh, even if you've, after, you've had a stinker, do you think, Oh, actually, it wasn't that bad. Like, is that helpful for you rewatching your games, um, or or is it? Do you kind of analyze it a bit too much? No, it is helpful. I think what you said before has happened to me many times, where I think I've had an absolutely shocking game, and I'll go back through the edits, and you know, the coach Mick had done some edits, and he writes comments and things like that, and uh, um, you know, positive comments, and I think, oh, I didn't actually have too bad of a game, but. You know, it, whether it was a loss that caused the negative thoughts or as a loss always does, you over, overthink everything you did. Whereas if you won, you know, yeah. you don't you don't even think about your game. You're just happy you won. So 
Um, I, f- I found analysing my game sometimes helped and sometimes didn't because I might just get caught in overanalyzing it even more. But I found going through my edits with a coach was really helpful because they will see it from a completely different um, perspective then I was seeing it, you know, I might yeah. see it as really negative, but the coach will see something else positive in it. So I thought it was really good to do it, sit down and do it with the coach. Yeah, so good. So obviously that year as well, you got picked in the um, All-Australian 40-man squad. So talk me through what um, what exactly that is and what involved training-wise and stuff for that. Yeah, so that was just, that was the team selection. So that was, um, that was based off your year and... Um, I guess, how you performed, and I think it's very stats-based as well. So they sort of look at your position and how you, uh, you how you fared to the other, say, halfbacks in the competition or whatever it might have been and, and select a 40-man squad. And then from that, they select the All-Australian squad, which, which goes down to 22. So I made that initial 40-man squad. But, yeah, the year before that, I, that's when I played in the Vic versus Allies. So that was essentially, I think, the 40-man squad playing a game. So they didn't actually do continue to, to do that. But um, <clears throat> I did play in that, which I was as uh, really fortunate and lucky enough to play against the best women um, in Australia. So, um, yeah, I felt I was really lucky to play in that. And um, Yeah, so good. Yeah. Um- so obviously, as you said before, going into that next 2019 season, you're still with Melbourne, uh, you're, you're working with the girls, you're staying on the back line and everything like that. Um, you guys obviously got to go up to uh, Alice Springs, which was awesome. Um, so a bit more travel with your footy and everything um, going through that next-gen academy. So obviously at this point, footy is getting you know, massive. It's the third year going into the AFLW. Um, how did you find being a role model and, you know, like it was a lot of eyes on you guys still at that time and everything. So did that affect your footy at all or are you just loving um, where the footy was going? Yeah, I think I was, yeah, I was just loving where where, um, where footy was at at that point. It was really growing. And to get up to Alice Springs, I really love going to that place. I'm not sure what it is about it, but I love just the history it holds and, and the Indigenous culture and, um, just just seems really untouched up there. So to get up and play in in Alice Springs and in you know hold um, training ses- training sessions with with those academies and get to teach you know young Indigenous boys and girls um, about footy because they you know they're so talented. Um, they're just not you know they don't have the resources that we have down here. So to be able to go up there and and play a game, but still help out the com- community as well and pass on our knowledge of the game and, and the way we train and go about it as well is, is probably one of the best things about going up there. Um, so, yeah, in terms of being a role model, um, yeah, I sort of – I never really think of myself as one, but when you, you, you go to the games and you have um, little girls or boys after the game – you know, saying that you're their favourite player or whatever it might be is really, um, it really makes you realise that you are making an impact on other people's lives and people do look up to you as I did when I was younger. Um, so, yeah, I, I just um, kind of just took it in my stride and um, just 
yeah, just watched, watched the, the game grow and I was just happy to, to be a part of it really and still am really happy to be a part of it. Yeah. How did you find you went in that 2019 season at Melbourne? I was actually – I felt like I was happy and um, consistent with my footy that year. So, yeah, again, I was in a, I was in a good place. So um, I think I started to play on the wing that year. So I played a bit of back-end wing. And I played all all yeah. games, and I was I was really happy with my with my footy that year. Um, and yeah, I felt like I was consistent, and that's all I really ever wanted to be was just just be a good teammate and just just play my role for the team. So I think I really started yeah. to realize that year and and grow a little bit that um, you know you've just got to play your role in the team, and ultimately that's what makes a team successful is just every individual playing their their role, you know, however big or however little it is. Yeah, it's so true. Um, obviously, with that season, again, like you guys still got a shorter season for that AFLW, so you're still having to go back and play. Um, you don't have to, but, you know, it's good for your game time and all of that stuff. Uh, going back to the VFL, so still playing with Casey um, that year. But obviously, again, AFLW is not huge at that point. You know, you can't quit your job completely. Um you know, unfortunately, there's not enough money in it, um, you know, to make a career out of it, unlike the boys and everything. So, yeah, so we finished the 2019 season and I remember thinking, because um, at that point I was I was at uni and I was just working for the club coaching. So I didn't have a, a full-time structure or anything and it's something I always like. I like having structure and I like being really busy. So I remember it was just a bit of a, bit of a down point where I felt like um, I just, I wasn't, um, you know, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I wasn't, I didn't have the structure in my life that I wanted. Um, I just felt like uni, yeah, it wasn't enough for me at that point and, and working one or two days, I think it was a week for the club, just wasn't enough. So I, I thought, you know, why not now apply for the police force and I'll just make it work because I knew at that point that there were other AFLW girls in in the competition that were in the police force as well. So I thought they're making it work, so so why can't I? So, yeah, I applied in, in May of 2019 and I started um, in October. So I got through very quick. I think it was five and a half months and I was in. So it all happened really, really fast. Um, I didn't expect it to happen that fast. So, yeah, so I, I got in on October. I started uh, October 21st and um, it, it just ended up clashing with, with footy because pre-season started in November for us at Melbourne. So I remember being full-time at the academy Monday to Friday, really intense training, really strict exams. You've got to study. Um, you've got to pass various practical assessments and things like that and obviously the physical side of the academy is not it's not too much but you you know you're doing exercise you're doing running you're doing weight sessions boxing your best runs things like that so when you're an athlete it, it is a lot because you, you have to preserve your energy and you want to be good to go for training so yeah it was a lot of pressure on me um to, to be able to juggle both of those and put 100% in but um you know I went ahead with pre-season I trained from November all the way up to January and 
um, it started to get a, a little bit too much. I started to have, um, you know, clashes coming up with afternoon shift and things like that happening happening at the academy. So I, I had to make a decision because those, um, if I had have missed the um, the academy, I would have been reverted. So yeah, when you're at the academy, if you have a, a sick day or whatever it might be, if it falls on an assessment. Um, you get reverted so you're not within your same squad so you sort of have to go back and start again and create new relationships and yeah, that's not what I wanted to do um my yeah my squad meant a lot to me as did footy so I didn't want to go to footy and not be able to put in 100% and vice versa at work so um yeah so I made that tough decision to uh to sort of step away from from football and I was thinking about it for a few weeks um as to whether it was the right thing to do I had a lot of sleepless nights thinking just thinking is this the right thing to do because I know I'm so competitive and I knew when I made the decision to to not play that I would be upset that I I wasn't out on the track with the girls and I wasn't playing with the girls but um I, I did feel like a weight was lifted off my shoulders when I made that that choice to to uh to step away and and um I was much much clearer in in where I wanted to go and um I knew that it was it was just going to be that that season and and I knew I was I was going to get back to to where I wanted to be and hindsight is a great thing you made the right decision I think because there wasn't a season anyway this stupid 2020 COVID that's happening but um Yeah, um, hard decision obviously to make and as you said, like unfortunately with how the women's football is at the moment, like it's not really set up for you to have an, a career outside. Um, you know, you still have to have that money behind you and all of that. So and, and hopefully in a couple of years like it gets to the point where the, the boys are but um, at the moment you really have to think about that that next step, unfortunately, don't you? Yeah, you do. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not at that point yet yeah um but obviously going um into you know is footy finished for you now or or what what, what's tell us the the next step for you gal so um I'm very lucky to have been signed for two years with with the Saints um I you know when I left I I wanted to get back playing um and I thought that would be for Melbourne but I think me having a year off and, um, yeah, I just I just don't think that they saw me fit within within their um, within their team. So they uh, they wanted me to go speak to other clubs, which I was really disappointed with at the start. And I I was almost thinking, you know, do I do I just stop playing if it's not for Melbourne? Do I just stop playing? But um, I thought about it for a lot. I, I talked to a a lot of different people, spoke to my manager, spoke to, you know, friends and family about what I should do and I just knew I, knew I couldn't stop playing because sitting out the 2020 season and sitting back and watching was, yeah, it was really, really hard and I really realised how much I love the game and how much I just want to get as much as I can out of it and I just wanted to be back in that team environment. As I said before, I love the team environment. So, um, yeah, I spoke to a few different clubs and, I uh, yeah, I spoke to to St Kilda and spoke to Peter Searle. As I said, I had her back when I was nineteen <clears throat> um, when she coached Victoria, and 
she's um yeah she's sort of been a massive uh, part of my journey and reason you know why I've I've got to where I am today so that also played a big part in um you know wanting to be coached under her and um I think the culture that, that the Saints have created as well is, is something that that I want to be a part of and and um ultimately I, I get to play for another two years and and um you know I've got that security of, of playing for another two years when I didn't think that I would actually play ever again with with the career I've got and um, to be able to play profession, professional sport again is, um, yeah, is, uh, is, is really huge. Yeah. And Das is obviously, uh, your girlfriend's obviously at, um, <laughs> at St Kilda as well. So you're going to be teammates. So probably very better that way than not playing <laughs> against each other. <laughs> I think so. We've played together at, uh, at Casey before. So we know that we work well together. Um, we've also played against each other, which is a really weird experience. It's not fun, yeah. so um, I'm definitely happy to be. Who on won? The team is a, oh, can we not say <laughs> the same <Saints> part? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't uh, uh, moving on. Nah, it's great that um, you know, obviously, you're going to be juggling the two things now. Obviously, police force and and footy and everything like that. But unfortunately, with um, women in sport, obviously, we have to you know multi manage mm. those kinds of things. But uh, it's hopefully heading in the right direction that females don't have to pick and choose between career and being able to play um, the sport that they love. So uh, it's amazing, obviously, that St Kilda have given you a two-year contract uh, that you still get to be playing. Um, you might be called the fossil soon. Um, you keep going the way you're going, girl. <laughs> I'm only 27. No. Once, once yeah. I hit 30, it's all downhill. Hey, hey, hey. Not, not how how old are you? <laughs> uh moving on uh <laughs> <laughs> no nah, you're feeling it gal that's um it's such a an amazing journey obviously to to go from playing footy just because you loved it with your brother and stuff like that not thinking that this would even be a career option for you and with how much it's grown and you've grown with the pathway and everything and and how big it's getting for for girls coming through is just absolutely incredible and as I said before you're such a role model even though you don't think you are you are to athletes in gen- um, out there and stuff like that young kids coming through the system so it's just such an incredible story to see where you've come from and, and where you are now so um so proud of you so so proud <laughs> thanks Saz. you're a legend <laughs> that's um so obviously just to finish off gal just got a couple of rapid fire questions for you um hit me with them if if you could go back in time, what would you want to tell little Beach? Um, I think just that that you will get your dream because I never thought I would and I just played footy for the love of it, but I never knew that I would ever get to where I am. So I think I just want to tell her that, you know, you're going to play A for one day. Yeah, so cool. Um, who are the three people who have made the most influence in your sporting journey and why? Alrighty. Um, I spoke about him before, but Damo, so Damien Keeping, he threw me a lifeline when I did my ACL. He believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. Um, and then, yeah, coached me at Carlton and then again at, at the at Casey. And I have such a great relationship with him. I have so much respect for him. I look up to him as a father figure and, yeah, um, he's been huge for me. Um, another one is Peter Searle, funnily enough, coach at Saints now. Yeah. Um, as I said before, selected me uh, for Victoria when I thought I was 
too young and not good enough to play with all these really good players. Um, but she saw something in me and really taught me a lot um, that week up in Cairns when we played for Vic. Um, and someone, uh, Shiloh Curtis. So she was, she has been a massive pioneer and push for women's footy. She's honestly, footy wouldn't be here without her today. So she, you know, governed all the Victorian teams, all the all the the academies that I had growing up. She was huge on women's footy, and um, yeah, we definitely wouldn't be here without her today. So those three people have been huge in getting where I am today. Yeah, and unfortunately, like some um, of those people, like obviously behind the scenes, and you know, you don't get to see their faces and and around, like you know, from just the general public point of view. So there's so much more to how you know, footy has grown and how many people have actually been behind it to get it to where it is today. It's just absolutely incredible. So kudos to all of those people behind the scenes. Um, What advice would you be giving to the young athletes of today? Yeah, that's always a hard one. But I think, you know, I think never lose your passion, never lose the fun because, as I was speaking about before, when you when you lose that fun and that passion, you you're not you know you're not playing well or you're not enjoying it, and that's the number one thing I think. Never forget why you started playing. Never lose that passion, and everything will flow off that. You know, yes, work hard, <clears throat> um, do everything you can to be the best um, player and best teammate you can be for whatever sport you're playing, but never lose the fun. Never lose that passion. And, and if you do, maybe it's take a break or whatever, I just take a step back and think, hey, why did I actually start playing? You know, why do I love this sport? Why do I, why do I love it? So, yeah, I would say never lose the love and the fun for, for what you do. Love it because it takes up so much of your time. So That's you better it. love it. <laughs> if you don't love it, why are you even doing it? So. Exactly right. Amazing. Um, obviously, Beach, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate you spending your day off um, chatting chatting away to me and everything. But obviously if anyone wants to get in contact with you, um, best is probably just through Instagram and social media, um, correct? Yep. Yeah, just um, yep. I'm on Instagram and um, on Twitter. Actually, I've been locked out of Twitter somehow. Um, but I'm on Instagram, just, um, yeah, Bianca Jacobson. So, um, yeah, I'll make yeah. sure I tag you in it and everything but if anyone's got any questions about the pathway or um any questions about your journey and stuff i'm positive that she will answer back to you and get in contact so uh beige thank you so much again for coming on i really appreciate it uh and thanks for having me thanks everyone for listening and i'll talk to you soon thanks guys thanks again everyone for listening please make sure you take the time and rate and review this podcast because I want to try and inspire as many people as I possibly can with your help. And if you want to follow me along on Instagram to stay up to date with everything that's happening, follow me along at bmove.podcast and my personal coaches page at coach.sars. Talk to you soon.